Excellent. If you've never been to a prayer meeting, then I want you to come this Tuesday night, all right, for one hour. It'll go like that. We'll worship, we'll pray, we'll, we'll help each other. And before, I'll be like, I'll be going to lead it. I'll be like your personal trainer, um, but it'll be, a, I'll be your personal prayer trainer and the atmosphere will be electric, okay? It, it, it's also a good way to not worry about being hungry when you come and pray together. It's amazing. It's actually amazing when you're tired, but you start to pray how God's anointing comes on you and things begin to shift and change, all right? So that's this Tuesday night going through over this next week. Now, before I uh, get into my message tonight, uh, I want to pray for people. I said that I was going to do this today. I want to pray for anybody who's suffering from chronic fatigue uh, or symptoms like chronic fatigue, continuous tiredness. Uh, I believe I've seen a number of people healed of chronic fatigue and God supernaturally restore their energy and deal with whatever the issue was, whether it was a physical viral thing or whether it was a spiritual thing, but seen lots of uh, numbers of people healed from that. The second thing, just sitting over here before, because uh, we believe God heals people. We see it quite all, all the time in our church, okay? The second thing that I want to pray for is I've just felt like someone's been seeing the ENT, an ear, nose, throat specialist, and you've got a problem. It's like uh, your ear going right down into your throat, and uh, there's pain, and it's uh, you, they haven't worked out what it is. There's an issue. It might be some sort of infection, but I believe God's power is here to heal you as well. So if you're one of those two things, got the chronic fatigue, and you need healing, or the symptoms of chronic fatigue or the, the, the throat thing just down the, the ear canal, I want you to stand up right now and we're going to believe for God's healing power. Wherever you are, just stand up. Just stand up and we're going to pray. It's, there, there can be more than one person, might be multiple people, all right? We're going to believe for God's power. We're going to believe for God's power right now. Now, now who, which of you is the chronic fatigue? All three, all right. More. Who's got the 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 ear, nose, throat thing? Because that's a specific thing that I know someone's got. And, you, and when God shows me that clearly, ah, Jeffrey, is that you? Just stand up as well, sir. Is it painful for you? Okay, we're going to just believe for God's power. I'm going to pray for you first, and then we're going to pray. So church, just, just engage your heart right now. An atmosphere of faith. Father, I thank you right now for your healing power. I pray for my, my friend Jeffrey. In the name of Jesus, God, where there's this infection and pain, let it go in Jesus' name. I release your healing power to Him right now by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Let the warm power of the Holy Ghost come and touch Him right now. Let healing come into His body in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, devil. I command you to get off Him now in the name of Jesus. Loose Him now. In the name of Jesus. Release your power, God, now in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm praying for those who are suffering from this chronic fatigue. Just lift your hands to God. Each one of those three standing, don't pray. Just receive right now. Lord, I pray for healing to come. I pray for healing to come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, at your name, every demon trembles, every demon flees. So, Father, where there's a spiritual reason behind the sickness, God, where there's a spirit of infirmity or affliction behind this sickness, right now, with the authority of Jesus, I command you, loose them in Jesus' name. Let them go. Get off them right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I break your authority now in Jesus' name. I say, loose them. Loose them in Jesus' name right now. Father, I release the power 
of your Holy Spirit. Let healing power flow. Jesus, you purchased it at the cross. Come on, God, let the, let the heavy blanket go right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Fantastic. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Before we go any further, you might be here tonight and already this may be quite different to what you expected church was going to be like or you've been a few times and you're kind of thinking it might be a little quieter or it might be a little different. Uh, we're an enthusiastic kind of crowd. Uh, we, we love to celebrate God. We love, we love, we've got so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. And I find that lots of people who, who maybe haven't got a background of, of personal connection with God, maybe not a church background or maybe a very traditional background where, where God seems very distant, when they, when, when they come along to our church, they begin to hear messages and things like this. Oh, God's loving. Oh, He's kind. Oh, He, he wants the best for my life. He, he wants to be friends with me. He wants to help me. And it's, it's, it's a massive paradigm shift that God actually could be interested in, in your life. Bible tells us He's so interested that He thinks about you thousands of times a day. This is God. His thoughts, the Bible says, towards you are more numerous than the sand on the seashore. That's a lot of thoughts. And they're not the negative thoughts that people think. They're not like the, oh, I'm down. It's thoughts of love, thoughts of kindness, thoughts of I want to help you, thoughts that I want, to be, I want you to let me into your world because I want to bless you and I want to spend eternity with you. And I find it takes a while to wash away the old thoughts, of the, the, particularly the religious thoughts that God's cranky and angry and, and distant and uninterested and boring. It takes a while, but and also as you come in and we worship and there's this thing we call the presence of God. It's where His Holy Spirit is. People begin to just bit by bit, sometimes quickly, sometimes bit by bit, just have wrong mindsets washed off us. And God's love starts to pour in. Some, find, some people find themselves crying. They don't know why. I, I, I know many people who are not criers. But they come into an atmosphere where God's being glorified and His Holy Spirit's presence and the love of God's pouring out now. And people start to cry and they go, why am I crying? What's, not everybody, but many people do. Why, why am I crying? And I just explain, that's God's love pouring in and the pain of our soul just being washed out. That's because He loves you. And when His love pours in and pain, it's the most beautiful feeling of beginning to get free and beginning to become the person that God created you to be, the person He created me to be. And so what I want, I'd love to do now, before I get to my message, I just feel I'd love to, to lead anybody tonight in a prayer who doesn't have a personal relationship with God. You've never asked God to come into your life. God doesn't budge into anybody's life. He asks he, he knocks on our heart and he says, I want to come in, but you've got to let me in. You've got to say, okay. And the way, the way you let God in is just two simple things. You, you firstly say, I put my faith in Jesus. Jesus, God's son who died on the cross, I put my faith in him. And I'm sorry for living my way and I'm going to turn to God. It's just so simple. A heart's moment of putting faith in Christ. In that moment, God comes and lives in our heart. So this is what I'm going to ask us to do. I want us just to close our eyes right across the room. If you're here tonight and you, you don't have a personal relationship with God, the prayer we're about to pray together could change everything. 
if you pray it from your heart, you don't have to understand everything. You just have a simple faith that God loves you and you receive Jesus. It could change everything. I've seen it happen time after time after time. The miraculous difference that God makes in people's lives is incredible. And I'd love that to happen for you tonight. Maybe you once had a relationship with Him. You once walked with God, but you drifted away from Him and you're not walking with Him tonight. If you're honest with yourself, you might still believe that God's real, but He's not number one in your life. You might have gone to Sunday school or kids' church. You might have been in a youth group. might have even gone to church, but you drifted away, and tonight it's time to get back right with God. I want to lead you in a prayer. If that's you tonight, of coming back to Christ, getting your life back on track, if that's you, I'd love to lead you in this prayer. In a moment, I'm going to ask you if you want to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and I'll acknowledge that I see your hand, and then I'll just, you can put it down, and then all together. We're going to pray together, or I'm going to lead us all in a prayer in, our, in, in your seats of surrendering to God, of putting our faith in Jesus and inviting Him into our life. Or maybe you're just not sure if you're actually really a Christian. You're not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven, and you want to be sure, but you're not sure. I'd love to lead you in a prayer tonight as well, include you in this prayer. So right now, uh, lives are going to be changed in this moment eternities are going to be secured in this moment. I feel like someone, you've been struggling, and you, but you know you, you've got to get back right with God tonight. This is your moment as well. So if this is you, you're saying, John, I want a relationship with God because I've drifted. John, I want to come back to God because I've, I've drifted away from Him. I want a relationship with God. I've never really had one that's personal. It's maybe you've had an intellectual connection with God, but never a personal relationship. Or if you want to be sure you're going to heaven, you want to say, I want to become a Christian, would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to connect with God right now. Just raise it up real high. Awesome. Thank you. I see your hand. That's so good. Who else right now? Would you just raise it up? Thanks, sweetheart. That's awesome. Who else right now? Just raise up your hand real high and say, that's me. Tonight, I want to make that connection with God. Not just in your head, but in your heart. When you make it in your heart, everything changes. There's a couple more people, I believe, in the room right now. And this is your moment to connect with God. Would you raise your hand? Because I'd love to include you in this prayer. Join with these two who have already raised their hand and say, that's me. Would you include me in this prayer? I want to take a step towards God right now. It's a, it's a bold step, but you won't regret it when you take this step towards God. I reckon God's, I can feel God nudging. Thanks, man. I see your hand. Who else? Is someone else? This is your night tonight to get right with God. That's three people who are saying yes to God. Who else tonight are saying, that's me as well. I want to get right with God. I, I want to take this step. Will, do, you, do you have a full understanding intellectually of everything? No, it's a step of faith. When you take a step of faith towards God, what happens is something happens in your heart and then your mind catches up with it as you study and learn and read the Bible and you begin, you begin to get more and more understanding of what's happened in your heart. But Christianity is first and mostly about our heart connecting with God. I'm wondering if there's one more person. This is your moment. You can feel the, the pulling of God on your heart, the prompting. I want to include you with the three who have already raised their hand in this prayer. Would you raise your hand as well and say, John, that's me. I want to connect with God tonight. I want to get right with God tonight. Christians are praying in this room right now for you to have your moment of connection with God. I'm looking around the room just one more time because we need to move on. Thanks, man. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else? Just while I look across the room, just raise your hand as well if that's you and say, that's me tonight. I want to get right with God. 
Fantastic. Okay, I want us to just keep your eyes closed. The four of you who raised your hand, all of us together are going to, uh, going to join with you in this moment of prayer. It's a moment of surrender. I want you to say this after me, but say it with all of your heart to God. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for my sin. I'm sorry for rejecting you and living my way. I'm turning to you tonight to follow you, to worship you with all my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and your power. I renounce the devil and all his works. I thank you tonight that I am forgiven, born again, going to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give these guys a big clap. Well done. Thank you. God bless you, each one of you. Raise your hand. So proud of you. One of our team has seen your hand go up, and we want to just help you in your relationship with God. The two best things that you can do for your relationship with God is keep coming to church because we're a family, and we, we have this relationship with God together as a family. And the second is we run a course called Alpha, just continuously. It's a six-week course. It's pretty much consistently happening in our church. We'd love you to do it, if you're not, to, to discover more about Jesus. One more time, give these guys a big clap. Good job. Good job. Good job. Thank you, worship team. You've done very well. You can grab your seat right now. We're in this series that's called But God. How are we doing? We're doing good. We're in this series that's called But God. Uh, it's week two. Uh, the, the concept of But God is, is really around the idea that no matter what happens in my life that looks impossible, but God can get involved and turn it around. Uh, God is the God of miracles. He's the God of, of impossible things happening. He's, he's the God of the supernatural. And part of the, the thing that Jesus did that when He came to earth with so many people, He kept challenging them to lift their expectations higher, to lift their, 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 their hope and their faith to another level that God would do miraculous things. And so uh, one of the keys to miraculous things or, or God doing miracles in our lives is our prayer life. And Jesus taught us how to pray. And tonight, I want to preach the morning, this morning a message called Audacious Asking. I'm going to kind of cover off some of those things tonight, uh, but some other components of it as well. And I guess if I'm honest, the, where I, I first got a passion for, for prayer that works, not just prayer that, that sounds technically correct, but prayer that actually gets answered uh, was from two pastors. One is Pastor Phil Pringle, who's the leader of C3 right around the world, who, who started this movement that we're in. And I, I remember hearing him pray and talk about praying, and it, it really shifted me into understanding uh, how faith works. He wrote a book called Faith, highly recommend it. The other was a, a person that I've, I've had the privilege of meeting once. His name's Dr. Yongi Cho. And Dr. Yongi Cho has been the pastor of the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea, a church of 800, well, it got up to a million people. And so I don't know if you've got a bucket list, but on my bucket list was to go to Dr. Cho's church, all right, to go and experience it. He would, he would preach about prayer, and I wanted to see it in, in action. And, and he preached a lot about prayer mountain. And, I, and this idea was that a lot of their church would go to a place called Prayer Mountain 
to pray because that, that, that's what they did. Uh, Dr. Cho would pray five hours every day just consistently for their church. And so much of the, the breakthroughs and miracles that he personally saw and the, the, the supernatural things came out of this place of prayer. So I went to see it. And I want to show you two clips. I showed one this morning, but I want to show you two clips. One relates to just the, uh, what a prayer meeting in their church looks like. It was a one-day prayer meeting and it was a stadium of 60,000 people. And it was kind of cool because uh, the pastors who were guests there got to walk in and do a lap like we were like an Olympic opening ceremony and they were all clapping for us and cheering. So I've had my Olympic bucket list ticked off as well. It was amazing. But just watch, just watch this is just prayer in Seoul, Korea in a passionate church. They're all in groups according to their colors. Six hours of praying fervently before God. Okay, okay, that, that, that was awesome, it was awesome. So that, that was the first thing I went to. And then afterwards, I went out to this place called Prayer Mountain. Or well, I thought it was a mountain, but it wasn't a mountain. But the whole idea of it, is it was that people could go and lock in and prayer. So the next one is, is what they call prayer grottos. And just bear with me, I filmed it on my phone of me uh, just capturing what these little prayer cubicles looked like. Check it out. Need to turn it up. I sound like Darth Vader. There we go. That's me. I am Darth Vader. So that is... Prayer. <laughs> that is prayer grottos. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. Anyway, so I go to Prayer Mountain, and it's on my bucket list, and it's a great moment. I allowed myself, literally, I got on a bus, and it was miles away from where the conference was. No one spoke English. I was really hoping I got to the right place. I got there. It had signs up. I'm at the right place. And I go there, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for three hours. I'm going to be like Dr. Cho. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get in this cubicle. I had to get down on my knees to, to reach in there. And I start to pray in there, but you'll see they had the little windows on the outside. Well, the sun was pouring in through the little windows. So uh, by about an, after an hour of praying, I am so hot. I've literally I stripped off my, my jumper. I ended up, I had tracksuit pants. I got down to my shorts. I got so hot, I took my shirt off. And I was in there. And it was like a sauna. And I'm praying, God, praying for the church, praying for you guys, praying for God's blessing. And, and, and I can hear, like people, when they pray, they're fervent. Like they're praying, God, it's almost screaming. It's like it's quite an amazing atmosphere. And, but after a little while, I would come out and have a break and I'd just sit outside, which is my shirt, and uh, not realizing how conservative the Koreans were at this particular point, and not realizing. And after a little while, a lady kept coming up and she's like, The women, the women. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what she's saying. And she, and she goes off and I go back in and pray again. I come out again and she comes up and she looks really concerned and she's like, Women, women. Men, men, and I realized I'm praying in the women's section 
in my shirt with no sh- in my shorts with no shirt on. They're probably thinking, "Who is this creepy guy? What's going on?" And it was, it was quite. A, it was an awesome. It was probably my shocker of the year, if I think about it. And I just quickly said, "I'm from Hillsong," and I ran down the other way as just as quickly as I possibly could. I didn't really, but I should have. But I love the fervency of prayer that, that changes a nation. Literally, the nation was changed and the, the core of it was prayer. And I want us to, to talk tonight about the, the idea of, of prayer and how Jesus taught us to pray. Because I want us to learn how to pray in a way that changes our lives, changes the people around our lives, changes our church, changes our, our city, changes our nation. And it comes out of a place of prayer. And the, the title of it's Audacious Asking. And the, the first thing that when Jesus taught us to pray, He, he, he taught us um, to come before God as our Father who loves us and wants the best for us. We don't have to come and change God's mind about us. He loves you and He wants the best for you. But he, the, the, the Scripture teaches us when we pray to pray with a, the word is fervently. It's in James. In the book of James, it says, The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person avails much. So fervent prayer, as I've looked up and studied this over the years, fervent prayer is a prayer where I bring my requests to God with energy. With energy. And that energy, it doesn't mean it has to be loud. It doesn't mean I have to shout. Although sometimes prayer that's loud is really important. The Bible says shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It doesn't mean it needs to be loud. But then there comes this component where I'm crying out to God and I'm locked in on a thing and I'm praying fervently about that thing. And I'm not just, it's not just words that's coming out of my mind and I'm not locked up in my mind. I'm praying out of my spirit. And I just, and it comes from getting a strong desire for something and, and, and locking in on it emotionally and thinking about it and, and praying from my spirit. And sometimes it, it doesn't, here's the great news about this it doesn't mean you've got to pray perfectly pronunciated sentences. You don't have to be articulate to pray fervently. In fact, some of the most fervent prayers are when you just get on your knees and you just, you repeat one thing over and over God, would you save my mind? mom and my dad, God, would you say, and by lock, forgetting about thinking about what you say, your, your spirit locks in on, on a desire and eventually you just start to pray it and you ask it and you just knock and there's this thing that comes up out of your spirit. That's fervent prayer. And it's fervent prayer that moves God. It's not token prayer. It's not, uh, you know, just the prayer that just is, oh, well, I should do that so I can move on. But it's, there's a diligence to it. And the Bible tells us this, that uh, God loves faith. And without faith, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, it's impossible to please God because we must believe that He is and He's a what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Be a good question to ask ourselves sometime. Would I describe my prayer life as diligent? Not, not, not religious, but just diligent. Is there, is there a passion to my prayer? And so I, I love the atmosphere. I like the thought that we, you know, during our services, we pray for one or two minutes. I just like the thought that the whole place goes... Front foot, lock in. We're going to pray fervent. We're not just, we're not just doing time for a moment. We're, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God for something powerful in this moment. Fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. 
Get it out, get it out of your mind. Uh, audacious asking. This, this is this asking for things that, that um, God as your Father would love to give you because He's good and He wants to pour out good gifts. But we, we ask in Jesus' name, and Sam referred to this a little bit earlier. Uh, I heard a, a, a true story about a three-year-old boy who went to the supermarket with his mom. And before they got into the supermarket or the grocery store, his mom said, you cannot ask me for cookies when we go inside. Someone, some of you moms will know what I'm talking about. I'm pushing you around the trolley. You're not allowed to ask for cookies. So of course we get inside. What does the little three-year-old boy do? He's an audacious asker. They go down the aisle where the cookies are and he, and he says to mom, mom, I want the cookies. And she's like, no, I said you can't have the cookies. She goes around the shop a bit longer and after a while she ends up, she ends up back in the same place. Again, he looks at her, mom, I really want the chalk chip cookies. She's like, no, you can't have them. We were very clear about this. Then, true story, as he's about to go out the aisles, uh, to go through the, the, you know, out the, the checkout area, he realizes this is my last moment. So he stands up in the trolley and at the top of his voice says, Mom, in Jesus' name, can I have chocolate cookies? Now, the funny thing is, all the people around thought it was hilarious. It was in America. They thought it was so hilarious that they walked out of there with 22 packets of chocolate cookies. People all went up and bought them for him. It's just, it's like, that was not helping the kid learn a message except... The power of Jesus' name. Jesus, uh, Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, what we have to understand is this is not like just dropping the J-bomb into a prayer and it's a guaranteed answer. Oh, yeah, awesome. I like that bike and I want that car and I want to have a girlfriend by next weekend. In Jesus' name, awesome, guaranteed. That's not how in Jesus' name works. Come on, somebody. Although it could work for, anyway, just keep, I'll keep moving along. Just ask her out, just ask her out. Anyway, uh, just, just keep moving along. In Jesus' name literally means this. It means the, in the nature of Jesus. The way that Jesus would be according to, his, uh, according to the way he thinks about things, his purpose. And so I'm asking with an alignment. I told this story this morning and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll re repeat it tonight because it happened last Sunday night. And it's a great illustration of asking in Jesus' name. Last Sunday night, we were sitting here doing an, our night of power. Pastor Josh was there and under his seat, he had a box of, of chocolates. Okay, they were favorites. They'd been opened. They were a gift. For, they were a prize that someone had left behind from a game. And Danielle was kind of sitting where she was. And Mitchell was on one side and Gemma was on the other side. And they started to text Pastor Josh because they wanted the chocolates. And so they're saying to Josh, okay, so this is, this is sneaky. This is audacious asking. They're saying to Josh, hey, jo uh, Pastor Josh, mom really wants the chocolates. Could you pass them back to us? Okay, they're using her name. Uh, Gemma grabs mum's phone, starts to text with her phone. Just And you know what they're doing? They're trying to use her name because she's the pastor and she's Joss's boss and so they know that there's some authority and if mum wants it, then I'll just play the mum wants it card. That's going to get it through. Well, Pastor Josh didn't come down in the last shower, did he? He, he, he switched on to that kind of scamming. He turns around, looks at Danielle, and she goes, mm-mm. He realizes that they're, they're using her name, but they're not asking in her name. 
Because if they were asking in her name, it would be in alignment with her nature and purpose. And at that particular moment, she didn't feel like having favorites chocolates. They were just trying to use that as a manipulative moment. And I want to tell you, when we come before God and we ask God in Jesus' name, the first thing we've got to do is we're asking about those things that we want. Is it in the nature and purpose of Jesus? Jesus' disciples tried to call down fire to take out some Samaritans who didn't obey them when they preached. And Jesus is like, guys, no, no, no. That's not how we do things. That's not, I'm not answering that prayer. That's not according to my nature and purpose. So we need to ask God, firstly ask ourselves, is this request line up with the nature of Jesus? If you're praying for the salvation of your friends and family, 100%, the Bible is very clear. That's in the nature of Jesus, that our friends and family would come to Christ. If you're praying for good things from God that, that line up with the Word of God, for, that, that uh, you're going to use or it's going to advance the kingdom of God, or we're praying for revival for our church, that's in the nature of Jesus. So you can ask for anything in Jesus' name. Anything and it will be done. You'll find uh, uh, that there are a number of things and we went recently to the Gold Coast and we hired some electric bikes with, with push pedals. Have you ever been on the electric bikes? And what would happen is you'd ride the bike and whenever you would, it was like an a accelerated moment, whenever you would push on the, the pedal, something would happen with magnets in the bike and it would just take off a little bit extra. So it wasn't like just you know, revving the electric bike and it went. It was just accelerating what you were already doing. It was, it was multiplying the efforts of the bike until the guy showed us actually how we could disconnect the, the limitation and we could go really fast, but that was a separate thing. And so, but we're on, this, we're on this thing and it came to me that this is, there, there's some things that we do when we pray. If you imagine praying is like riding your bike, there are some things we do that just give that extra push power. We had to be careful where the bike was pointing when we pressed on the pedal because it would just take off like that. Fasting is one of the things that just boosts your prayer life, right? Being in agreement with somebody else is one of the things that boosts your prayer life. So if we're going to pray audacious prayers, and sometimes people ask me, well, when I pray, do I just stop? Uh, you know, do I, do I just ask and then... Is, is that enough? Is it over to God? I go, no, that's, that's not how it works. Jesus taught very clearly, ask and keep on asking. We ask until God answers, until God moves. And, and there's, it's not like a, a perfectly formatted, um, you, you do this until that. So I ask until God answers, and then I do this, and then I do this. I, just, I tend to, there's about four different types or five different types of prayer I pray when I'm praying for a situation that I want God to answer, there's about five types of prayer that I'll pray that will be almost simultaneous. I'll ask God audaciously until He does it. Then sometimes He gives me a promise, and so then I'll just relentlessly remind Him of that promise. I'm like, okay, I'm asking, Lord, that you would do this, and you said you would do that. You gave me a promise, so I'm reminding you of your promise. I just, I want to get to the top of the queue right now about this particular order. I'm, I'm reminding you that you watch over your promise or your word to fulfill it, so I, I remind you. And then you say you want me to speak that promise, so I speak the Scripture out loud, 
And then I'll bind every devil that will stop that thing happening and I'll give God praise for what he's done. All right. And I just find that that's kind of like when I'm praying for God to do something, that's the four or five key types of prayer. I ask audaciously. I remind God relentlessly until he does it. I speak the promise or the scripture that he's given me because I'm prophesying that into being. I'm binding the devil and releasing the kingdom of heaven and I'm praising God. Just for some of you, like you want to take notes, but tonight I'm focusing on audacious asking. Last thing. Last thing, and I'm going to get a keyboardist to come and help me on this particular close. Audacious asking is not just something you do for a day, uh, a week, or a month. There is a persistence that God requires for the majority of our prayers to be answered. Some of you may have heard of a guy called George Mueller. He started orphanages all around, the, uh, all around England. Amazing, the, the amount of answered prayers he had. In fact, he kept a record of the answered prayers. And he recorded 50,000 prayers that he prayed that had been answered in his journal over the, the space of his life. So he would pray a prayer, keep a record of it, and then write when it got answered. 50,000. Now, he found that 5,000 of the 50,000 got answered around the day or fairly immediately, 10%. It's probably a pretty good indication of our prayers. About 10% of our prayers will be, and sometimes we do that. Just recently, Danielle and I were praying about something and the next day it got answered. We were almost shocked. We were like, whoa, that was so fast. That was awesome. Because I understand that the nature of God is that prayer is not just doing something in the spirit realm. Prayer is doing something in me. God's refining me. He's building persistence and patience in me. George Mueller, one of his prayers was for a friend to come to Christ. And it took 63 years until, it came, until that friend came to Christ. But he just prayed persistently and consistently because he, understand, he understood that audacious asking requires persistence. And Jesus told two parables about prayer. Because when the, the disciples saw how much power he had and how, his, how God did so many miracles through him, so they said, teach us how to pray. And he taught them the Lord's Prayer, which is a, a model of prayer. And then he told two parables. I referred to one this morning. The second one is, is this. I want to read it out to you. Just let this scripture get into your heart. It's Luke chapter 18. He spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Always ought to pray and not lose heart. God didn't answer you last week? Keep praying about it. God didn't answer you last month about an issue you've been praying about? Keep praying about it. God didn't answer you last year about an issue you prayed about? Keep praying about it. There is a power of persistent prayer. And so he said, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. There was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I don't fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. All right. Another version says this, this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. That is a picture 
Jesus paints when he's teaching us how to pray. When was the last time you wore God out with your relentless, audacious asking? When, when was the last time you, you almost embarrassingly asked God something so many times? Now he goes on and he says uh, this, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust said. Shall not God, who's, and this is a contrast, God's not like the unjust judge. God is perfect. He's a generous father. He loves you, but the power of the contrast is this. Shall God not avenge or answer his own elect, that's his believers, who cry out day and night to him, persistent prayer, fervent in Jesus' name prayer, though he bears long with them. Oh, yeah, he does. Though though he takes his time, though it seems like it's never going to happen, he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them or answer their prayer speedily. I'm like, well, what is it? Is he going to do it speedily or is he going to do it bearing long? It's both. He bears long. He, he takes a long time to move suddenly. When you just felt like giving up and things got completely impossible, but God moves suddenly. I tell you, though, when he avenges them speedily, nevertheless, will the Son of Man come? Will he find faith on the earth? Will God? I often think of it like this. I often feel like God has, is, when you pray, so often he says yes, and it just takes time for, because of spiritual opposition, God's perfect timing, the right moment for the answer to come. It's like an angel turns up to this set spot at this set time with the answer ready for you. But this scripture says when, when he comes, when the Son of Man comes, when Jesus comes with the answer, will he find you waiting with faith? All of you moved on, grown weary, lost heart, and never actually see the answer that God sent. It's like he came for the appointed moment, for the appointed time, with the appointed time, for, the, for your breakthrough. And the question he's asking is, are you there waiting in faith? Are you trusting him? I want us to be a, a church of people who know what it is to be fervent, who know what it is to ask in Jesus' name, and who know what it is to be persistent. Can we stand together right now? I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think of what it is that you're, you'd love to see God do for you. Not just He's got seven days to do it, and you're going to starve him into it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something that you're going to pray through until it happens, and the next seven days, the fasting is just going to put some extra weight on that thing. But you're going to pray it through. The greatest thing you can pray through is the salvation of friends and family. I'm praying through revival for our church. I want you to join with me as we pray this week. Pray for revival. Pray for supernatural breakthrough. Pray that you'll get closer to God. Pray whatever it might be. It might be a health need, a healing need. It might be a a financial need, a relationship need. You can ask our Heavenly Father. He's good. He's a good God. But I want you to pray it from your heart. Just reach your hands to heaven. 
Make a decision now. What are you going to fast over the next seven days? The Bible talks about setting your face like flint to seek God. Just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. There'll be days you won't feel like it. There'll be days you feel like giving up, but I'm just setting myself to seek God. Before that we begin tomorrow, I want you to write down at least three things that you're, you're going to be asking audaciously for this week. Be specific. Be clear. Father, I pray for a grace to fast. Father, I pray for a spirit of prayer to come on our church. Release a spirit of prayer over this house. Release a spirit of prayer over every person. Let there be a, a fresh stamina to pray, a fresh grace to pray. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, Sam.